There's a scene in the movie Heat where Al Pacino is the cop and Robert De Niro is the criminal and they're sitting across from each other in a restaurant. Now they both know they're on opposite sides of the law, but they have this conversation on neutral ground just to kind of talk about context of how things might play out. That's kind of the situation with my guest today. I am a criminal when it comes to being organized and Lisa Woodruff is an expert. And she's here on off the floor, neutral territory, to explain why my life of disorganized crime needs to change. My name is Chris Lynham, and I am your host of Off the Floor, the show that is all about the learning process, the critical pivots along the way, and the positive ripple effects from those decisions. Today, I'm talking to Lisa Woodruff, and she is the founder of Organize 365. She's the author of the book, The Mindset of Organization. Take back your house one phase at a time. Lisa, welcome to Off the Floor. Thanks, Chris. I'm so happy to be here. One, I will tell you right now, my desk is in shambles. And so why don't we just start right there? Uh, am I a hopeless person? Am I a normal person? Give me your quick assessment. <laughs> you are... A normal person. Organization is a learnable skill. Everybody thinks they're either born with it or they don't have it. And so if they're disorganized, that there is no hope for them. And that is absolutely not the case. And in that book, The Mindset of Organization, I kind of talked about how there are four phases of your life. Were you organized as a child? Was your bedroom uh, organized? Yeah, you know what? It actually was. I remember um, okay. sharing... I, yeah, I shared a room with my brother for a while. And then when I got my own room, I did. I had like a desk. I remember like, you know, I had like my GI Joes in this one certain spot mm -hmm. and I had like a little radio in the corner. So yeah, I definitely was more organized. So you do have organizational skills. The problem is you switched to a different setting. So you left your childhood bedroom <laughs> and now you have a larger house. You have more responsibilities. So there's different organization you need in your 20s and 30s. And then when you turn 40, something else totally happens and you need different organization in your 40s and 50s. And again, same thing happens when you turn 60. Wait, so what happens when you're in your 40s and 50s? It's glorious, by the way. <laughs> Everybody says, oh, I don't want to be 40. It is so freeing. Like you don't even care what people think anymore. You're like, I don't need to keep up with the Joneses. Who cares about the Joneses? I'm going to do what I want to do. And so because of that, you realize some of the organization or things that you have in your house in your 20s and 30s, you actually acquired or use just so other people would see you using them and you just get rid of it. 40s is where you're kind of, you're purging and you're, you're donating and you're just getting rid of some of that stuff. You are, but also you're on the go. So 20s and 30s is accumulation. You're naturally like accumulating everything because you left your childhood bedroom. So you need a car, you need a house, you need stuff for your job. If you get married and kids, they come with lots of stuff. <laughs> and then in your 40s and 50s, you're like, why, why did we decorate everything in teal? I don't even like teal. Like, <laughs> I like sage. And so you change your decorating, you take more time, you're more purposeful with the decisions you have, but in your 40s and 50s, you're never home. Like you're always in the car, either you're at the height of your career and or you're driving children everywhere. <laughs> and usually an older family member also is relying on you as well. So you're constantly away from home. So home organization is really difficult. Wow. So you're saying that when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're accumulating. When you're in your 40s and 50s, you're now kind of decluttering, you're on the go. So then what happens when you get to the 60s 
um, what's different? Yeah. So 40s and 50s, I call survival. (laughs) And then 55 plus is downsizing and legacy. Now, usually around 55, 60, your kids are starting to live their own life. And you're looking at your house again, if you've never moved for the third time, you're going through your house again and saying, why did I save every single thing from my child's childhood? They don't want it. Do I want it? If I want it, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to make a memory book? Am I going to scan it all? How do I get rid of it? How do I preserve the memories that I've saved, the physical memories I've saved while decluttering? So you're not necessarily just decluttering kids' toys. You're decluttering memories at that point. And how do you make those memories last? And how can you get the whole family to enjoy those memories instead of having them shoved in boxes somewhere? Okay, true confession. My mom's garage is a uh, is is one giant memory box mm-hmm. dedicated to me and my siblings. And mm-hmm. so, mom, exactly. if you're listening, please don't declutter any of that. I'll come pick it up. Um, okay, so that's okay. We have to stop, Chris, because okay. your mom has to listen to my podcast now. So this is great. So for Chris's mom, you have two siblings, so there are three of you. I have I have uh, three siblings. I'm the oldest. Okay, of so there are four of you. Okay, and obviously you're sentimental because you just said don't get rid of any of my stuff. Right. You can but talk you to, don't have it at your place. <laughs> talk directly to her name's Janice. Just, just, okay, just Janice. talk directly to Janice. Okay. Janice, you have four children. Find out if they're all sentimental like Chris or if Chris is the only sentimental one. And then Janice, as you go through all of these boxes, you need to decide what you want for yourself and then divide up all of the boxes by each kid's name. This works really great over winter break, by the way, because they always come because there's really good food and go through the boxes like over winter break. Have everyone come back home and go through these boxes and pull out all the memories and laugh and cry and tell the stories that Janice never knew that you guys actually did. It'll be (laughs) hilarious. You'll relive all of the memories. And then for most of you, you'll be able to let 50% of the stuff go because you are able to relive the memory. Got it. Okay. So now I have to ask you, what if it's someone in their 60s that's actually decluttering the room of somebody that's like under the age of 10. Does that have an impact? I mean, their auditing system is probably at a totally different level than, than most people. I'm speaking about my grandmother right now. Yeah. So your grandmother decluttering for your kids or for so, who? So, <laughs> you got to give me more. So, so my grandmother would come to our house. Oh, and, and oh she, yes. She would declutter. So maybe the reason why my room as a Mm -hmm. child was so clean was whenever she came over, she went through and it was this merciless endeavor where she would look at something and she would say, it's crap. And then she would toss it. Yeah. And so that's how I lost. And this is where like looking back, I'm really, we got really bummed out about this because all of our Star Wars figures gone. They, They did not pass the litmus test of grandma's cleaning wrath. So, uh, so was that because she was probably in her 55 plus range when she was doing the decluttering? So that's two things. One, it's a generational thing. So she's probably the silent generation. So how old is she right now? Like in her 80s, 90s? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. She's the silent generation. The silent generation was raised during the depression. They didn't have a lot of material things. They lived in smaller houses. So it's her mindset. And it was how she thought she was helping your mom by getting rid of the clutter so your mom could survive with these four kids. She thought she was being helpful. But what I say as an organizer is you may never, ever, 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 ever get rid of anybody else's stuff. They have to get rid of their own. Now, when you're the mom and it's your kids, that's different, but this was grandma to kids. 
So my kids, I taught them how to declutter and I'm going to come out with a kid's program. But really, a lot of women will say, my spouse needs to get rid of this. My kids need to get rid of this. And I say, is all of your stuff organized yet? And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> so I keep focusing the woman back on organizing her own house. And I would do the same with you. Like, Chris, every single thing that is in your office, everything that's in your house that you can make the decision on, you make the decision on, but make a decision. So procrastination comes from just not deciding. Yes. And this is where now, like you've just tipped like into something that is a huge dance parallel. I have to talk about it. And that idea of, you know, you don't clean somebody else's mess until you've kind of cleaned your own. And with a dance partnership, it is that like a thousand times over. That is the number one problem with couples that are dancing together is that immediately you turn the focus on somebody else's dance mess. Yeah. Yes. And that's such good advice because I I wrote down when we were talking earlier that uh, Greg and I are going to go do a ballroom dancing class for our anniversary in August. I think that's a great suggestion. And yes, the two of us, like when we're ready to assemble something, like he wants to tell me how to assemble it. And I just want to like start and look at the directions when I get lost, you know? And so we argue before even one bolt gets in the thing. I'm really good at putting stuff together. So that's so great. Like, yes, exactly. Take care of yourself. We spend so much time trying to fix everyone else. We have plenty of work to do on our own. Yes. I think that they should make a premarital program where every every couple needs to put together IKEA furniture just to just to Oh no. There'd be no children because nobody would get married. <laughs> exactly. I learned so much about my wife. We were engaged and um she was putting together a little wine rack and she assembled that thing and she didn't want any help, so I didn't give her any and then she put it together and then it fell over because it didn't get assembled the right way. And it was one of these things where I had to really exercise as much restraint as possible because as the oldest, I want to help. I want to oversee. I want to do things for other people. And, uh, and she didn't want that. Um, so, so that might be a thing. That might be another show. How much wine was she drinking when she assembled the wine rack? That's the question I want to know. <laughs> yeah, not, That could no, be the factor. It could be. It, <laughs> one would think. It was actually, I think we were so poor, we were getting the wine rack, making it look to our guests, we were in our 20s, to make it look like we had the type of, of means to afford wine when we didn't. And the box wine didn't fit in that wine holder? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That box wine <laughs> has a treasured place in our refrigerator. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so now, like, talk about your, what was your story kind of getting into this? So, like, what was that turning point? Was this a, a situation where you kind of came from kind of a cluttered backstory and then you kind of whipped everything into shape? Like, what was the, what was the moment that was like the big catalyst? Yeah, Chris, I was a hot mess. I mean, I was like the hottest of hot messes. I was a super, super organized kid. My 20s and early 30s dream. Like I had the princess life, totally. Two kids, husband, house, part-time job, all that stuff. And then around 34, 35, everything just started crashing down. My beaver cleaver parents got divorced in my 30s. What? My Mm. kids had medical issues. My father got sick, passed away. We were in charge of the estate, plus all the lawyers, plus, you know, the whole world economy collapsed, whatever. And it just was like four to five years of spiraling down. And I am a really highly energetic, positive person. I ended up on antidepressants and just, 
I just felt powerless. I quit my job right before I turned 40. And I decided that January of that year, I was going to start my next business. And this was going to be the business I would do for 25 years. And what was something I could talk about for the rest of my life? And it was organizing. That was January of 2012. At that point though, however, every single drawer was a junk drawer. I had no idea what were in the closets anymore. My kids were in grade school and middle school, and we still had sippy cups in the kitchen. Like, I just felt like my life was completely out of control. I told my husband, I said, I know I have to make money and everything, but I kind of have to get this house organized. And I thought, you know, I'm a really highly productive person. I'll just whip it out like in 30 days and I'll be done. That was not the case. It took me a year going through my house three different times, but I did start blogging about it, found out I was a professional organizer, didn't even know that was a thing, started that on the side, and I just kept growing Organized 365, Organizing Women in Cincinnati, which I no longer do, but along the way, finding out that, oh, the reason why the kitchen gets disorganized is because you're in your 20s or you're in your 40s or you're in your 60s and everybody's trying to apply the same organizational principle in every space in a house that was designed by a white dude in the 1950s that doesn't even function to how we do today. And I was like, okay, so many mindset shifts have to happen in our organizing before we can actually get organized. So recognize the phase of life you're in. So I had to create a whole bunch of lexicon and then I had to create my own physical products for paper organizing. And I just keep plugging away. Like, what does the American woman need to get organized? And that's specifically what I do. And I know you're a dude. And the guys are like, we want to get organized too, Lisa. I'm like, I know. I'm still trying to get the women organized. I'll get to you. I'll get to you. But I do think it, it does um, play out to everyone. But I do think women organize a little bit differently than men. Got it. Wow. That is so cool. And I, I mean, kids, just any organizational goals that you may have become little mini time bombs for that. I mean, how does that kind of play into this? Or are kids just like an easy scapegoat? Like they're the, they're the employee that you can blame for every mess that's around the office. Yeah. So you're saying that once you have kids, you can just say, I'm not organized because I have kids. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So two things. Number one, kids are overwhelming, like no doubt about it. Like, and um, they don't come with instructions and like they want to eat all the time. That was my big problem. So it is overwhelming to add children. What I've really learned is that each child has their own personality and they kind of need individualized parenting, which takes a lot of effort. And when you're putting all of your effort into parenting and earning money and surviving, there's not a lot of time to keep everything looking like it should in a magazine. Sure. So I focused on functional organizing and getting the woman in the house organized, her kitchen, and then her bedroom, which I call her condo. And then all of the kids are organizing their bedrooms, which I call their mini apartments. And when you call your kids' bedrooms their mini apartments, they take ownership of it. Like you said, when you had your own room and how you had it all organized, like you lit up, like you were thinking back to your childhood and your mini apartment. My kids have refrigerators in theirs. I'm just saying. Whoa. We decorate it. Yeah, they are mini apartments because they are learning what they need for the next phase of life. So I will be coming out with a kid program in 2019 and we're going to organize by each phase of childhood. So there's under the age of seven grade school, middle school, and high school. And each of those phases need different kind of organizing. Kids can learn to be organized. There's no program teaching that. Yeah. Wow. That is so true. And it's just, you, know, you feel like as a parent, like you're constantly kind of nagging every last little spill and every last little mess. But I love that you're kind of taking it back to like more of an overarching goal and a mentality behind it. Mm -hmm. um, so now 
when it, when it comes to like working with, you know, clients and things like that, what's, what's your first plan of attack? Like how do you start that process and, and does it start there with just mentality? Yes. So I do it all online now and people start with the podcast. So listen to the podcast episodes. If you don't like listening to my voice, we're out. I'm not a good match for you. <laughs> I am not a Pinterest organizer. My house does not look like a magazine, although it looks pretty good. I'm a functional organizer, guilt-free. You could keep as much stuff as you want. I'm not going to force you to get rid of anything, but I really want you to look at things differently. So it is a lot of mindset. It is a lot of productivity. And then after that, I have a series of programs I put people through. It starts with a Sunday basket, which is a kitchen counter paper organizing system that eliminates your to-do list. And then I have an online paper organizing program and an online home organizing program. Wow. That is so cool. And so you've mentioned this paper organizing thing. So can you explain that a little bit? And why is that such a, a huge thing when it comes to just, you know, getting on top of this clutter that we all seem to have? I, I love what you said about junk drawers everywhere. You must have a webcam of my life. I know. I know. Everybody's like, how do you know what's going on in my house? <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. About 10 years ago, we were sold this lie that we were going to be a paperless society. And I really tried to do that. Like I tried to scan things and I could never find what I scanned. And I was a teacher and I'm a very kinesthetic learner. I'm a paper pencil type learner. So for me, paper never went away. And actually paper planners are making a comeback and everything. Like everybody has paper and they're realizing this is going nowhere. So over the last 18 months, when I really was getting women organized with paper, I realized the problem as to why our paper is not organized is again, every system we have for organizing paper was created like in the 50s by the paper companies and it's filing systems, binders, and that's it. Like I walked through Staples the other day and there's nothing new in there, nothing. So I created this Sunday basket system, which actually helps you organize your to-dos and your projects. And then after I got that system going, I created four binders that you buy that replace your filing cabinet. 85% of what you put in a filing cabinet, you'll never take out again. So instead of filing stuff, we organize our papers by medical papers, financial papers, household reference, which is what you would leave with the house if you moved, and household operations, which is what makes your family your family, like your pets, how you do holidays, your furniture, all that kind of stuff. Wow. Now, you know, when it comes to any process, you know, people can kind of get discouraged. Maybe they start something. It's, it's like a New Year's resolution and they, they, they kind of go through that same sort of moment that you had where you're like, I'm going to do it. And then they get that burnout. They get that discouragement. Like, where's the, where's the drop off point that you wish didn't take place for you with the people that you work with? Um, it's about three weeks in if they make it three weeks. So our 100-day home organization program, and when I sell it, I tell people, this is a lifetime program because you will make it through day 21 and you will quit. And the next time we do it, you will make it through day 42 and then you will quit. It's totally normal. We can only make so much change. But the difference is it's a lifetime program, so I keep pulling them back in. And the podcast, you know, you have a podcast, so you know. I love my podcast and I love listening to podcasts. Like it is an intimate relationship you have with your audience. And now I do Instagram stories. Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. And people are like, I get up and I get my coffee and then I watch your story um, because they get to see the sneak behind. Like we really are good friends. Like my audience feels like they are my best friends and I feel like they're my best friends too. So they will come back. There is a seasonality to organizing. We're about to hit September. That is the most organized, productive time of year. September and October. Then again in January, February we'll be organizing and then June is an organizing month. 
the other months are not organizing months. So every time you're like, New Year's resolution, I'm going to get organized, you jump back in and you make a little bit more progress. It's all about making more progress, not getting organized to perfection and being done. Got it. Now, in the business world, there's some people when they talk about their goals and, and they think about like the barriers to entry to being successful. And sometimes people are under this conception that, or this misconception that they need to be organized in order for them to be successful. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like it's a necessity? Do you feel like it's just a luxury? Do you feel like saying that is just an excuse? I do think it's a necessity, um, especially for women. I find that they cap the amount of success that they can have in their business based on the level of organization they have in their home because they're out doing something great in their business and then a kid gets sick and they don't have the medicine the child needs or they're out doing something great for themselves or professionally growing and they found out that they missed something that the kids were doing at school. Or like me the other day, I get the email from um, my son's going to college and we have rented an apartment and he's being evicted. We haven't even moved in yet because I had set up auto pay and they had sent me an email, which clearly I did not see, that says their auto pay is down for 90 days. First of all, how do you have auto pay down for 90 days? But that's beside the point. So I hadn't taken a paper check there. It's two hours away. We're not at college yet. So my husband today just got a cashier's check at lunch and now I have to drive two hours away, which is, yes, four hours round trip on Saturday to drop off a cashier's check so that my son does not get evicted from an apartment he hasn't even moved into yet. And it is a $275 eviction fee. Who has an extra $300? Who has an extra, now it'll be six to eight hours that we've spent on this. See what I mean? Yeah. And that's because I thought I had auto pay set up and I'm organized. And that's what happens even when you're organized. Eight hours and I'm launching a website. That's all time away from me relaunching my website. So yes, these household things totally impact the level of success I have in my personal business. Wow. And so now if you have somebody that now has kind of gone through the program, you know, if you think about their house, whether mm -hmm. we talk about that in the physical sense or in like the metaphorical sense, what's, what's the ripple effect now? Like when the house is in order, this happens. Like what's, what's the ideal for you? What do you, what do you want to see in terms of ripple effect? Okay. Well, I know because they email me every day and it sounds like you've got to be kidding me, but this is really honestly what happens. People who are ready to get divorced are no longer and they are in love again. People who were depressed and ready to end their life are no longer that way. People who were done with their parenting and the kids were constantly fighting feel like they're a great job as a parent. The kids are getting along. Everybody's getting more organized. And for the majority of women, like it is amazing. I can't believe this. So many women start the program. They have businesses. I don't even realize they have businesses. And it'll be like the second time through where I find out they even have a business and their business is falling apart and there's debt and there's a lot of conflict. By the time they get through a full year of the program, their business is more profitable. Everyone's doing better at communicating. They feel that they're sharing their time more equally between family and work and themselves. They have time for themselves. They never had time for themselves before. Like literally everything starts to get better. That is so interesting. And now I am very motivated. I think <laughs> to I need have Janice listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, to have, just to have Chris listen. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm looking around. I know it's, uh, I, I definitely understand what you mean about, you know, how to declutter some of those things that just, you know, you, you just start tacking things on and, mm -hmm. you know, so this episode is brought to you by uh, 1-800-JUNK-REMOVAL. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, um, what do you have coming up next? Like you've mentioned that you got this kids program. What else do you have in the pipeline? What, what's, what's next on your agenda? 
So it's the end of July. We're launching, uh, relaunching the Organize 365 website. And my team has told me I'm not allowed to create anything new. So I'm not allowed to create anything new for a while. <laughs> but the kids program is going to be coming in December 2018. That's great. That's great. Okay. So let me ask you uh, some rapid fire questions and we'll wrap everything up. Awesome. Okay. So tell me, uh, let's see, who is one celebrity, even if it was just like their movie character, but the celebrity inspiration when it comes to being organized, like who's, who's like your go-to? Oh, it's not for organization, but my celebrity person I follow on Instagram is Sarah Blakely. I love her. She is so fun. And I just, I just love her. So I follow Sarah Blakely. Nice. Uh, okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, what is the movie that you can watch and uh, it will consistently make you emotional when you watch it? Oh, emotional. Shoot. I usually watch comedies. <laughs> um, I would say, this is so funny. I would say The Secret of My Success. And I've probably watched it like 30 times because in the 80s, <laughs> you probably haven't even seen it. It's with I are you okay. kidding me? Of course. Isn't Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, that story. Yeah, that story, The Secret of My Success. The Secret of My Success. That's right. Yep. Over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I played that song at my national convention too. It was the very first song. <laughs> <laughs> no one got the joke, but me and my sister. Yeah, gosh, that is such a, I mean, such a random Michael J. Fox movie, but it was really good. And oh, I loved it. I was obsessed with his wardrobe when I watched that movie. And now oh, I look I've back never looked it. at it from that yeah. perspective. Oh, yeah. He was, he was looking pretty sharp. Um, he was always taking his clothes off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I'm defeating the point of rapid fire here. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it all okay. the time. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then it's the end of a really busy day. And, you know, whether this, you know, you've been working or you've been doing stuff with your kids or whatever, but what's your definition of like, what's the perfect setup? How do you reward yourself at the end of a busy day? Oh, I love to go sit on our back patio with my dog outside and just scroll through my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that is Welcome so to middle age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at, le at least it's not sitting on the porch and drinking sweet tea. and. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm close, real close. <laughs> so now let's do the kind of final thought now. What's the, what's the, the takeaway? Like, you know, if, if you think about this audience that I've got, What's the message that you feel like your brand and, you know, your, your business of organization, how do you feel like that could kind of transpose over to this audience outside of just getting our garages cleared out? <laughs> I think just the, the awareness that you can be organized. Like you don't have to accept living in disorganization for whatever reason and that it starts with you and that you need to give yourself grace. Like give yourself grace for where you are Decide if you want to make a change. And if you do, find a mentor that you want to follow and then make change one step at a time. So good. Lisa Woodruff has been our guest. Thank you so much, Lisa. This has been so much fun. I definitely think we could have gone on for another hour just on <laughs> 80s references. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I really appreciate you making the time to be on the show. Thanks, Chris. Norman Vincent Peale once said, change your thoughts and you change your world. I think I've always been a firm believer that you can be successful without being totally organized. But what I've learned today is that that's been a total crutch. See, I've been accepting clutter because I can work around it. 
but I've never really given myself the opportunity to experience my home office, for example, in its full glory. There's something cathartic about tidying up. Now listen, maybe you don't have any issues with keeping your house clean, but you may need to tidy up that negative voice in your head. Or maybe it's a relationship that you've chosen to shove in the proverbial junk drawer instead of putting it back in its right place even if that right place is no longer in front of you. Whatever it is, I'm sure that you've noticed that Lisa's message isn't just about cleaning house. I wanna thank you for joining Off the Floor and especially a big thank you to Lisa Woodruff, my guest today. And I hope that you are getting a lot of value out of this show. If so, I would love it if you could subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave a comment. Let me know how you're enjoying it. I'd love to hear from you.